Welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio, the podcast where marketing leaders inside and outside the sciences share their creative ideas and practical approaches to increasing your marketing ROI. Here's your host, Chris Connor. Howdy, folks. I'm told that this is a good time to be looking for a job. If that's you, you'll want to pay attention to this episode. But before we start, I have one favor to ask. I know all of you care about science. Last week, I watched a documentary on Netflix called Behind the Curve. It's about people who believe the earth is flat. It's worth watching, definitely, but here's the thing. I think there are some flat earth podcasts that have more listeners than I do, and that's wrong. So can we try to change that? If you would reach out over the horizon, see what I did there? And tell a few friends about this show. We can turn the tide. See, I did it again. Okay, enough of that. Thanks for your help. Let's jump right into it. Maury Schwartz is the founder of Career Insiders, where she is both a recruiter and a career coach. Maury, welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio. Well, thank you, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here. So today we're going to talk about how to approach a job search for anybody out there who's looking for a new job. But first, I want to tell everyone listening that you were instrumental in getting me to where I am today. I, yeah, I had left science for a while, and this is something most po- people don't know about me from this podcast. They know I'm a swimmer, but they did not know I taught at Berkeley for six years. And to be clear, I taught sailing in the Berkeley Marina at OCSC Sailing, which, if you're looking for a place to learn, it's one of the best sailing schools in the country. But I had also tried a little consulting business. And when we started having kids, I needed another job. And you, we didn't even meet at a networking event. I saw your name tag at a networking event, and I contacted you after that. And you helped me make all the skills I had acquired both as a scientist and as a consultant and as a sailing instructor relevant. And that's how I got hired as a writer and then a Marcom manager at Varian. And so far, I'm happy with how it's worked out. Well, I'm happy too. And I'm just glad to be a part of helping you. And that was 12 years ago. So let's start with this. In terms of a job search, tell me about your feelings on job boards versus identifying specific companies someone might want to work for? Well, actually, I think there's not necessarily a versus. They're both valuable and avenues that people should should use. For instance, we could take, we could talk about the job boards and, and I'll tell you why I think they're an advantage. And that's because if you're looking for specific positions, which we all should be by now, uh, we're not going to just go looking for any position a company might have. There are so many companies now that we've never heard of. I mean, they're just coming up, you know, it used to be there were a number of large companies. You could say, I want to work for this company or that company. Um, And now there are just so many companies you may buy not looking at the job boards and looking at companies you identify only, then you may miss out on a lot. So I think it's important to do searches on job boards. I wouldn't spread myself too thin and and go for every one of them. I think that LinkedIn is good. I think that Indeed is good. Um, I think that Glassdoor is getting better. But but for the most part, I I would go with LinkedIn and Indeed and maybe Glassdoor, but not everything else under the sun, because what's going to happen is that, you know, it, most of the jobs that are that are out there will be posted on one of these avenues, unless they're just on a company's 
on a company site. You know, I do encourage people to identify companies and organizations they'd be interested in working for. Um, if you're if you're someone who's interested in your industry and you're you're always looking at professional journals, then certainly you'll see and read about companies. And um, if there's something you're, that a company does that interests you, you should identify a certain number of companies to put on your target list. Um, And then when you do that, you would go to their websites and look to see what kinds of opportunities they have available and hopefully something for you. And it may or may not have been on one of the job board sites that you've looked at. The other thing about looking at targeting companies, if a company doesn't have exactly the right position for you, but they're they're doing a lot of hiring and you've read about that they're growing, then there still might be an opportunity for you that isn't posted yet. So that's why going to look at companies in particular is help. Whereas if you look at job boards, if you don't look at job boards, you may miss companies that you don't know about. And if you don't look at um, companies, then you might miss out on opportunities that aren't posted jobs yet. And those companies, if they're doing a lot of hiring, then you can always, you know, network your way into it or introduce yourself to the right people and work it that way. And then there's one other space a little bit in the middle, a little bit related, and that would be VCs. So those are some, some places that I would definitely look. You mentioned LinkedIn. And everyone here on this listening to this certainly understands marketing collateral. So, and which is what your LinkedIn page is. How can job seekers communicate their value and stand out on LinkedIn? Well, LinkedIn is definitely marketing collateral, and so is one's resume. Um, They're both marketing collateral. And you guys are all marketing people, so you know all that better than I do. Um, But what, just like on your resume, you want, you want to convey your experience in a way that relates it to your achievements. And so you want to, you want to talk about how you made an impact. What difference did you make that you don't want to just talk about your duties and responsibilities, but you definitely want to give some personality to it. And you know how they say a picture is worth a thousand words. Well, if you could tell a story, it's still in words, but if you can tell a story and make it brief and concise about uh, something that you did that made a difference and what that difference made to the organization, it's very important to 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 provide some sort of measurement, um, a metric if you can, but it's not always numbers. It might be something else um, that tells the story of something you did that was out of the ordinary, had a positive outcome for the organization. So this, I, I think this should be in both your resume and LinkedIn profiles. You should convey that experience. Like I said, you're the one that's going to be able to tell me how, or tell the public how you stand out, included experience and achievement that not just anybody could have done with the same job title. Of course, we talk about storytelling on here pretty frequently. And I really like that idea of telling a story. And again, I understand it. It has to be somewhat concise. On the other hand, I think if it's a good story, um, maybe that's the thing that makes you stand out. I just remember as a hiring manager looking through resumes and you don't even get to look through all of them. You screen some of them quickly to figure out who's possibly the right person. And it's so difficult uh, to do that. And we'll talk about that a little bit down the line here. But um, 
I really like that idea of telling a story and everybody here knows that a story has some sort of conflict, which is the problem you solve for a company. And Exactly. It's all about telling, you know, in, in a, a resume and LinkedIn profile, they all have certain formats um, that we have to adhere to. And, and we're always looking, keeping in mind the attention span of our, of our intended target. So not only the attend, who our intended target is and how they may perceive what you've written, but also their attention span. And, and so um, because you could write the best story in the world, but it may not get read. Right. So let's talk about LinkedIn pages. And then with regard to resumes, so you only get one LinkedIn page. I've seen some good ones lately. I mentioned it on a podcast a couple of weeks ago. CJ Thomas has a really good one. It's engaging. He's a consultant, but he tells a story and it's got personality in it. Yours has personality in it. If you all don't know, Maury is a huge San Francisco Giants fan. I don't know what the outlook is for this season, but good. anyway. We're going to have a good year. It's Bochy's last season, so it's going <laughs> right. to be good. I have my tickets. Uh, good. How and, and everyone knows that you should customize your resume for the job you're applying for. And then that brings up the question of how do you rationalize that against a single LinkedIn profile and yet have them be somewhat consistent? Well, the, you, you've just sort of almost alluded to my cardinal rule. And um, yes, I'm a firm believer of tweaking one's resumes. The LinkedIn profile cannot be inconsistent with any of your resumes. So in order to do that, you may, you know, for a lot of people, it's not a big deal because they're, you know, what they're looking for is is fairly, the variations in the jobs they apply for are, are not drastically different and they just may customize a resume to talk to mention something that's real specific to that company to a company but that it wouldn't take away from another company if they saw it in the in the linkedin profile so those kinds of things you probably would use more generalized terms for and it could be that your linkedin profile is not quite as detailed as your your resume there are some people who think that the LinkedIn profile is where they should put everything and then have the right subset on their resume. And I don't think this helps because uh, people get confused. And the whole point is that, you know, when people people may be recruiting you from LinkedIn because it's LinkedIn recruiter is a huge tool um, that's used by just thousands and thousands of, of recruiters. And so you want them to catch you for the right thing there. And then also for the resume, if they get your resume through their applicant tracking system or another way, they're probably going to look you up on LinkedIn too to see how they match up. So you just can't be inconsistent. And, and if your resumes are a lot different from one another, then your LinkedIn profile is going to be briefer, I would think. And in that case, you might make use of the summary section more than some of the other sections. Feels like a LinkedIn resume or a LinkedIn profile is so much more personal. It starts out, you know, there's a headline, there's a picture, and there's that summary section, which a resume would have, but there seems like there's a little more opportunity just to be a little more creative. So when they do come to look at you, even though your resume may have been pretty factual and hopefully includes a good story, it's a little easier to put some personality into LinkedIn. Is that fair? Well, it can be, yes, it can be. But just keep in mind that you want to be attractive to recruiters who find you that way. 
So you have to have enough information that that appeals to what they're looking for. I mean, they're pretty practical when they're looking. They're, you know, they're going, okay, I'm looking for A, B, C, and D. And if I don't see A, B, C, D in a minute and a half or 30, actually in, in 15 seconds, then I'm on to the next one. Got it. So, yeah. And, so that, the, that headline, you're right, that headline is important because when they do a search, they see, you, you all have done searches, they see your name and they see the headline, they see where you're located, they see your industry, and they see whether you're connected to someone they know. Yeah. You mentioned applicant tracking system, one of my, uh, I'll say, least favorite <laughs> Who likes software it? applications. Uh, nobody world. likes them, even the people who use who the recruiters. Right. Um, it seems like a black hole. So what what are some tricks for getting to talk to a real person? Getting, you know, if not past the applicant tracking system, at least getting another another route. Oh, you've just asked me the perfect question because this is where some of the strategies I've created work really well for my clients and getting them in successfully, get, helping them to get their foot in the door. You, what you want to do is you, you have to be part salesperson, part detective, part communication strategist, and probably a bunch more other things. But if you, if you put on a sales hat first, a good salesperson knows that they need to be in touch with the decision maker. They could make friends all day with the administrative assistant, the receptionist, whatever. But if, but that person is probably not going to be the one who can sign an order. They really know they need to figure out a way to get, get into and, and connect with the, with the decision maker, make their pitch. Um, so what, what I say is have, have a proxy there. So apply the way they tell you to anyway, just because eventually you're going to have to be in their system. And sometimes they do find you, but then find another way to get, find another door into that place and not one where you have to break a window. So you don't want to annoy people. Um, and then what you want to do is you can use LinkedIn. LinkedIn has a people search facility and it's not quite as good as it used to be, but it still works pretty well. Sometimes in that job posting, it'll tell you who it reports to by title. Rarely, but it's worth looking for. Um, and if even if it doesn't, then you can see, well, what department it is, is it in, what initiative is it in, what part of the company, if it's a big company, if it's a smaller company, it becomes easier. And then you can use LinkedIn's people search. You can, I mean, you can look at a company's website to see who might be head of engineering or something like that if it's a small company. But you can look at LinkedIn to not only identify who that manager would be. So you could put a title in there for that company. So if it did give you the exact title, then you just copy and paste it into that search facility along with the company name. And um, and you should get that result. If you have to sort of play around with what the title might be, then you can do that too. And you'll start looking at profiles. So you can, you can usually, and, the, and you get better at it as you do this. You could usually identify the decision maker that way. And not only can you figure out who it is, but you can figure out if you are connected to that person. Maybe you're, you're, you've got a ton of connections, like I'm sure you do, Chris, and you can't remember quite remember everybody. But more likely, what you're looking for is to see if it's a second level to you. So if that person is second level, that means you, you and that person know someone in common. Um, and that may be, and that's the person you want to look that person up and decide whether that would be a good person to make an introduction for you. So a warm introduction from someone who knows both of you is really the best. You have to use your own judgment. You, you know, it could be someone you had a fight with before. It could be, uh, who knows, 
but and then what you want to do is ask that person to make the introduction and you want to specifically ask for an introduction by email so that's one way so let's say it's not a second level and the person you've identified the the person you think is the decision maker and um and they're a third level or not or even any even that um then what i say is introduce yourself and again you want to do that by email not through linkedin a lot of people don't really check or pay attention to emails from LinkedIn, even though they come into their email box. Sometimes they turn that off that you don't have to have those messages arrive in your in your mailbox. You get better results if you email them. So that's part salesperson, part detective, and part two of being a detective is to figure out their email address. And really all you need is the email address of one person of that organization to get the format. So here's where I use Google and I just put in quotes the, the, the at sign and the domain name, like at careerinsiders.com. And you may have to scan a few pages of Google results, sometimes 10 or 12, but the good thing is that when you do a Google search, the responses have um, the term you searched for, the keywords will be bolded. So you could probably do that pretty quickly till you find somebody in the company. And then you know whether it's first dot last or first initial last name. And then you write, a, and then what you do is you email that person. And what you, your, your email message is your short to the point cover letter. And you attach your resume. Now, if you're not 100% sure that person is the hiring manager, don't worry about it. Because, you know, they're not going to do anything bad if they're not the right one. They might write back and say, I'm sorry, I'm not the one. Then you can ask them, who is it? They may not respond at all. But then, but they may send it to HR, and HR, you know, would much rather you know respond to um, a resume from that comes forwarded from the hiring manager than go through all those resumes that they see on um, on their on their applicant tracking system. So it takes longer, you know. So for every job you apply for, it's it's a, it's a little bit of work, but the the reward, the return on investment, is huge. And no, it doesn't work 100% of the time, but it works often enough that I keep teaching clients this method. And all those things are just good skills to have. Uh, you know, the whole detective thing and the sales thing, and like figuring out how to, I think there's a skill in just learning how to make something like that happen. And you're going to build your network one way or the other. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, definitely. So you could be, if you, you know, people, I've taught this to people in sales, you know, they're, they want to, like I said, that, that they're the ones who know they want to identify a decision maker. So you don't even have to be looking for a job to find this useful. And another thing, in fact, I'm, um, I, I write um, LinkedIn profiles for executives of companies, you know, that I tell them you've got to have a, a good presence on on LinkedIn, because if somebody's just newly looking at your company, they're going to, and, and you called them and want to talk to them, then they're going to go look you up and you want to look good. Right. I, I don't know if people appreciate that or not, but whenever I learn about somebody new, I'll tell everybody who's subscribed to my email thing, I, I always look them up. Like if I get a new subscription through MailChimp, I'm going to look and see who is that person? What do they do? And I don't, typically, you know, immediately spam them with some message or anything. I just want to know who are these people? What level of interest might they have? Do we know anybody in common, et cetera? Let's imagine all that goes well and um, you get invited for an interview. What do you 
what do you typically recommend in terms of interview prep? Well, here's the number one rule. Always focus on this. It's what they want, not what you want. So especially when you're first starting in the interview process, you want them to fall in love with you. Um, you cannot, you can't reject an offer you never get. So if you're not fully engaged in the, in the interview process, they will sense that and you won't ever get that offer. You can always say no, um, but you want to focus on what they're looking for. So your preparation should be this. You want to look at what the job post, go back to the job posting, think about everything you've learned about the organization up till now and identify their top three to five priorities. Put yourself for a moment in the, in the interviewer's shoes and go, if I were interviewing for this job, what are the things that are most important? And then in your prep, while, for each of those three to five items, priorities, write out a sentence that would illustrate to them that you possess those requirements, that you have the experience, that you have an achievement that, that illustrates to them that, that you meet their three to five priorities. So that becomes your framework. And I say write it out in complete sentences because you're, you want to form your thoughts in advance. You don't want to have to start your sentences over again from the middle and thinking that, oh, I should have said that first. You also want to have periods at the end because it helps um, prevent rambling, which almost everyone I know does in interviews. And if you go on too long, either they'll stop you, they'll get bored, and you may not know it, they'll may be looking at you and they may have stopped listening a long time before, but also you may run out of time to tell other valuable, convey other valuable information. So when they ask you the question, tell me about yourself, this is the answer you're gonna give. It's like a political campaign message. Whatever questions they ask you during the interview, you wanna find a way to, to bring some of these points back in. If they ask you to give an example of when you know when you um, had a difficult situation and how you handled it, well, use an example that addresses their needs specifically. Yes. And and and, and so yeah, to get back to the tell me about yourself. So I sort of look at tell me about yourself as you know why should we hire you as the same question. So you don't want to spend a long time talking about your youth, where you were born, where you went to college, you want it because then it takes you this whole several minutes to get to the, the present. And the most recent work that you've done is what they're most interested in. So you want to get that, that out there first. I'll just point out that you mentioned complete sentences, no rambling. Uh, if you didn't catch last week's podcast, go back and listen to that with Scott Stiefvater because that was kind of the key point. And he helps people get better at speaking without composing sentences on the fly. Um, when you helped me, I was a sailing instructor looking for a marketing job and the person that hired me happened to be a sailor. So that did not hurt. But I'll mention in the next job I interviewed for, the HR director actually mentioned to me uh, in a, I think it was a follow-up email that she appreciated me mentioning that as part of my story because it certainly wasn't relevant um, directly to the job I was applying for and did get hired for. What about those things in your resume that you think don't quite fit? How, how do you handle those? How do you recommend people do that? Well, first of all, 
you weren't just a sailing instructor looking for a marketing job. You're a sailing instructor plus a communications consultant. Look, I have your resume right here. Yeah. <laughs> I have the old one. I have the one that I wrote. And, and plus seven years experience as a scientist. So the, the, the goal was to, you know, find a marketing role that in, in an industry that you knew well. So that you brought that expertise, I always say to people, you know, try to package as much much of your experience together to go in a direction. Um, and I, you know, I don't know whether I don't think you would have gotten a job in a, somewhere else in marketing just because you sailed if you didn't have this other experience. So well, uh, I know I my fear was that my most recent job, for the most part, was teaching sailing and would that disqualify me in the eyes of many people? So you managed to help me get around that, uh, at least fear of my own, let alone the fear of the hiring manager. So the, the other what, thing what's we, your secret thoughts? Well, the, the, here, here's what we did with that. First of all, we we did convey your consulting that you had done. Remember, you started this this conversation out with saying where you were, you were doing this consulting. So we made, we, we made sure that we, we mentioned, you know, made mention of that, you know, as the most recent, um, and your sailing was also current, but I, I might not have included it at all, except for the fact that there was a five-year gap between your, your science, most recent science role and where we were, where you started your consulting business. And that was, that, you know, if you had been consulting for five to 10 years, maybe that wouldn't have been necessary, but it was, a, your consulting was a short term. I mean, it hadn't been that long and your, um, if there's a five-year gap, so we had to do something. And what we did was we, we conveyed, not just you were a sailor, we conveyed the marketing and the sales and the customer relationship building that you did in that, in that role, in that business. That's what we put out. We, we were looking for using, the parts of your experience there that would be good in in a role going forward in marketing. You know, how did you help market the the school? How did you help you know work with customers and, con and communicate with customers? How did and so forth. So that's what that's what we packaged. We didn't package that you were a sailor. Awesome. Yeah. You know, I almost forgot about that part of the job, honestly, because um, that's just, you know, how I think about it. But yeah, I did have that role too. I was a manager of the club for a while and I, you know, I made cold calls to follow up leads and, and, and other things as well. I so. mean, the fact that you, the, well, this is information I pulled out of you. This is what I do when I work with clients. I, I, I go, what did you do? Tell me what you did every day. You know, did you do these things? Well, tell me more about those things. Because so this is this is the information that we can use on this resume. So um, you you it was it was I have to say it was coincidental that you had two jobs in a row that were positive about your sailing experience. And sailing is great. I, I'm not denigrating sailing. I'm yeah, just yeah. saying, you know, it worked out. It was coincidental. Yeah, no, that was awesome. So do you have any other advice for folks looking for a new position to wrap up here? Well, I would say be persistent and um, don't get too frustrated when you don't hear back. If you don't hear back after a week, then do a follow-up. All right. And if you want some more help, you can always contact me. 
Yeah, that's my next thing. So I'm going to put a link to your LinkedIn profile on the show notes for this episode and a link to uh, your website as well. Excellent. Thank you. So, I look forward Marsh, to it. You can put my email address. Okay. Happy to do that. Maury at Career Insiders. I will put that in the show notes. It's M-A-U-R-I. And Maury Schwartz, thank you so much for your time today. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Take care. Yep. Bye-bye. Okay, no more flat earth puns, but if you are looking for a job, one of the best parts about having this podcast is that it has been a fantastic networking tool. And so obviously I've talked to close to 100 people on this podcast who are in life science marketing. If you happen to be looking for a job, um, I'm happy to connect people in my network. So reach out to me, let me know. I'm happy to help. I appreciate your listening and I just want to give back and I will do what I can to connect people that ought to talk to each other. That's it for now. I'll talk to you again in a few weeks. Bye-bye.